Fran fam, what's going on? Listen, before we start this podcast episode, I have a very, very small favor to ask of each and every single one of you guys. I appreciate the support that all of you have been showing for the podcast up until this point, but we want to try and get these episodes out to as many people as possible. And how we do that on the audio side is by leaving a review and dropping a five-star rating. So if you've been a consistent listener of the pod, please, before we get this episode started, it only takes a couple of seconds, leave a review. It could be a two-word, three-word, four-word review or just leave a rating do something to get the word out so that we can get the marvin francois show to more listeners moving forward outside of that love you guys appreciate the support but without further ado let's get into this episode first and foremost people need to understand that you own your email list and it is an asset that you have in your business and it has value because when you sell your business you can sell your email list you can give people access to your email list for a fee or for some partnership exchange these are things that you control, but Facebook could decide tomorrow they want to take your page down or Instagram can have a glitch and shuts the platform down or TikTok gets banned in the United States. And now you've built a $50,000 following on TikTok, but now you don't have that platform anymore. Ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, children of all ages, this is the Marvin Francois Show, your number one source for all things business, finance, and investing. And today huh, is a very special day because our guest today is a financial coach and a wealth strategist. She's the owner and creator of the Purpose of Money platform, which is a platform that teaches women how to build generational wealth $1 at a time. She's also, and I just found this out recently, a Haitian sister by association. Shout out to her husband because of that. We're going to get into that a little bit. All right. But on today's episode, I'm considering her email marketing's best kept secret. Ladies and gentlemen, I'm here with the one, <laughs> the only, Miss Aquani Escarne. How are you, family? How's everything going? Oh, my God. I'm amazing. And I just need you to introduce me everywhere I go. Just I got let you. Me know what that costs and we're going to work it out. I got you. I got you. I'm extremely excited to have you on. You know, I had, to, I had to roll out the red carpet for you. I know you're a very busy woman, right? But I knew that I had to get you on here to give the game on top of game. So uh, before we get into that, how are you? How's everything? How's life? How have things been going? I couldn't be happier. I'm excited to be here with you today and talk about one of my favorite subjects, email marketing. Fantastic. You know, um, you were actually, uh, as of late, a lot of the guests that we brought on have come by way of referral. So I shared the story with you when you first met. I'll kind of share it here at the top of the pod. I found out about you through a event that I went to uh, hosted by uh, the Social Proof Podcast and the Melon the Money Podcast. I think it's called The Proof is in the Profit or the, some, something along those lines. Yes, The Proof is in the Profit Tour. There you go. So we're at we're at a VIP dinner. We're all eating. And at the time, I was looking for a email marketing strategist to help me with some things that are going on in my company. And I was at a dinner table with a couple of uh, high-level entrepreneurs, one of which is actually a TMFS alum. Shout out to my guy, Carter Cofield. And I'm asking at the table, I'm asking around, you know, because I'm tapped into his email list and I'm getting hit with an email every day, sometimes two emails a day. I'm like, man, who is over here doing these, doing this brother's emails? And I ask him, I'm like, yo, hey, bro, um, who's handling your email marketing? Because I know it's not you. So who, who, who do you have working on it? And like the entire front of the table starts to like raise up because everybody knew something that I didn't know. And he was like, let me tell you something. If you're looking for any and all things email marketing, there's only one person you go to. And that's this woman that's here on the other side of the screen, Ms. Aquani Escarne. So we, we got connected. We spoke for an hour and some change. And you dropped so much knowledge and so much value on me in that very moment. I said, I got to bring you on here because anything that I learn, I want my audience to learn as well. Uh, and especially when it comes to something I think that is not talked about enough, 
which is email marketing, right? And we're gonna dive into all that, but before we do, I don't wanna be rude. I wanna be I wanna be chivalrous and polite. So take a second and take a minute to let the people know who you are, where you're from, what you do, and how you got your start. Oh, that's a lot, but I love it. Yeah. So Aquania Escarne here. I'm originally from Georgia, but I live in the VA now. And I am a full-time entrepreneur who by day helps people with their finances, really focusing on building wealth through life insurance and investing in real estate because I love both of those spaces. Mm -hmm. And at night, I am an email marketer, but now I tend to split my days. I actually just quit my 15-year career with the government mm -hmm. where I really did have to divide my time, but now I get to divide my days between the businesses. And I got my start truly by accident. Um, I... By trade in 2016, I started getting into freelance writing. And the funny story, to do that, I literally Googled, how do you become a freelance writer? Google told me, create a, a profile on Upwork, start to find people who you can write for, whether for free or for pay, and build your portfolio. So that's literally what I did. And when I was on Upwork, I applied for this opportunity to write for a new online magazine for people of color, specifically Black millennials. Got the job, and I wrote for that client for five plus years. And that connection got me into a space where I got to meet money nerds and other influencers in the personal finance world, which is the lane that I was doing freelance writing in. So that's how I started writing. And writing for, shout out to Wealth Noir, my first client, um, they asked me to interview Carter Cofield. And so Carter Cofield was my assignment and I was learning about him. And in doing my research, I looked at his website. I mean, we're in a world where the website is your real estate right. online and you need to check people out, see how they live in. And so when I was checking him out, I was like, his blogs haven't been updated in a while. His articles are okay, but like, how are they doing? So of course I did my job first. I interviewed him, but afterwards, while we were still chopping it up, I was like, look, I noticed your website could use some love. How about I write some articles for you? So we started out in that capacity where I wrote articles for him just to keep his content updated on his website. And then somebody scooped him to the game that, look, everything's going digital, digital courses, digital eBooks, you need to have yours too. And at that time, when I first met Carter, he was still a CPA hustling in his business. Mm -hmm. And I think it was George, another partner of his, who's the founder of Melanin Money, who was like, you need a digital ebook on taxes because that's what people need to know about. So when Carter created his ebook, he was like, yo, you write these blogs. Can you write emails too? And now, of course, what do most entrepreneurs do? They say, yes, of course, yes, of, of course, course I can do that. Of course. Um, and I could not do that, or at least I didn't know I could do that. I had never actually written emails for anyone else other than myself. And I said, uh, let me do what I do best. Say, hey, Google, how do you do email marketing? <laughs> right. <laughs> and the rest is history. I took some like quick courses, templates, different things to help me learn. And then I just perfected those things to match my writing style and to emulate Carter, right? Because I didn't want anyone to know somebody else was writing his emails. And I have to be honest, sometimes they don't know. Right. So they're, they're constantly um, thinking he was writing them. But for three years, I've been his ghostwriter. Um, but it's okay. He tells people, so it's not a secret. Mm -hmm. um, 
And I and I love it. And I've been doing that for Carter and some uh, other IG influencers for three years now. And you've been rocking and rolling ever since. Rocking and rolling with a quietly growing business, quietly growing, referral based only. I have never put up a website, ran an ad or publicized that I do email marketing and I have successfully built a business that is on its own. It stands on its own. So there's two gems there that I want to make sure we highlight for the audience, right? The first gem is, you know, the fact that you took initiative. You could have very well just stayed within the parameters of the job that you had to do to write this article on Carter and then went about your business. But you took that extra step, right, to look through his website and find different ways that you could add value, right, to different things within his business that just needed a little bit more improvement, right? Because as entrepreneurs, I don't care if you're doing six figures, seven figures, eight figures, there is a part of your business that needs to get improved. And for you to see that, take the initiative and then find a way to provide that value to Cartier and see where that started to, you know, ultimately where it is now is great. But then the second gem that I think is extremely important, and, and of course, even though we're talking about marketing, for everybody that's watching, there's no greater form of marketing than just being good at what you do. Because th there's nothing greater than being able to provide someone a high quality uh, service or product and being able to have them sing to the Himalayas about how great that you are, right? Because people are always a little bit skeptical about who they hire for, whatever it may be. But if I get someone that comes to me and say, I don't care who you're looking for to do X, Y, and Z, this is my guy and or this is my girl, you should rock with them. More often than not, I'm going to move forward with them. So that's that that in and of itself is is huge. Now, I want to dive a lot more into this, right? Because like you said, you have this email marketing business, no ads, no content, right? Even for myself, when I was trying to do research into you, when I tried to find you on Instagram, when I first stumbled across your Instagram, I was like, okay, no, this must be... This must be a different Aquania because there's nothing on your page that's connected to anything email marketing. I wanted to dive a lot more into that so people could really understand the importance of it because um, I think in today's day and age, especially when we talk about marketing, everybody's mind automatically goes to Instagram, TikTok, YouTube, uh, you know, Snapchat and all these other different platforms. I don't really think people's first intuition is emails. For you being in this space and having this business that you have, just talking to the audience, could you please explain to them the importance of having an email marketing strategy in their business uh, and why it's so crucial for the growth of their business? Absolutely. First and foremost, people need to understand that you own your email list and it is an asset that you have in your business. And it has value because when you sell your business, you can sell your email list. You can give people access to your email list for a fee or for some partnership exchange. These are things that you control, but Facebook could decide tomorrow they want to take your page down or Instagram can have a glitch and shuts the platform down or TikTok gets banned in the United States and now you've built a $50,000 following on TikTok, but now you don't have that platform anymore. So email is the one asset that you fully control when you send emails, how you send emails, what you say in them, and how you communicate with your audience that no one can take from you, right? And it's also, aside from the fees to set it up, it's free, right? Who's charging you to send an email to another Gmail account? Nobody. Right. Nobody owns email. Yes, Gmail tends to rule as far as the most used platform for email content or for email addresses, mm -hmm. but nobody actually owns email either. So mm -hmm. it's a space where you can have authority, you can charge to have access to, and you can really leverage your list to build your business. 
Um, and so many people just assume that social media content is the only marketing you need to have, but I think that they work together. So we also have to keep in mind that despite what people think, billions of emails are sent per day and they are opened, right? And, mm -hmm. and adults mostly are using them. So you have to understand that it's okay to be on social. It's okay to do reels and to post educational posts on Instagram and Facebook and to go live. But that needs to be combined with a strategy in email because what are you doing with that audience? How are you pulling them from someone else's platform that you don't own to an email list that you do? Because it's more effective to sell and to nurture to an audience and a community where you've built a relationship and you really can build a relationship through email. People can get to know more about you. People can understand what makes you funny, what makes you interesting, what makes you sad. Sometimes you got to be vulnerable in emails, but that also builds a relationship. That is not always translated well on social media. Because when you go live on Instagram, people can make comments, but they don't always comment back, right? Because sometimes they're afraid, oh, someone's going to see this comment. So if I say that I relate to what that person's going through, they're going to know more about me and I don't want them to know. Right. But do you know how powerful it is to send a vulnerable email and someone else who's dealing with that same issue just has to click reply and they can share that story. And that's literally between you and your future loyal repeat customer. Right. And it's private. You see what I'm saying? Mm -hmm. That's why email will never die. There That's my go. opinion. There you go. There you go. Now, you know, once again, I really want people to walk away from this episode, not just understanding the, not just, you know, of course, we're going to talk about strategy and everything else, but I really want to drive home the, for a lot of these individuals, the importance of having an email marketing strategy in their business. You don't have to say any names if you don't want to. But could you give us a little bit of insight? Because you work, I know, you work with a, a good a good amount of high-level entrepreneurs um, in your email marketing business. Could you talk about some of the success that they've been able to have by having a properly structured email strategy just in terms of increasing sales for their business? Wow. So sales is a huge one. I actually was trying to figure this out in my head the other day, and it's, it's in the millions. It's at least $10 million in revenue Crazy. because... I've only been working with people for a few years, but a lot of them only used to sell to their audiences, but maybe didn't have repeat customers because they felt like they only sell to me. Right. You have others who are like building loyal communities to where they could put out a $31 product or a $3,000 product and the person will buy it because they trust the value, right? But you're also um, helping them build communities where they can have other things that they launch and people will not flicker or even bat an eye on the price because they know they're going to get the value. You build that over time through email. That's right. not something that is always built on social media. So I've been able to help my clients take that person who bought a $7 product and become a person who buys a $30,000 product because you took care of them. You showed that you cared. You gave them valuable tips to help them in their business, to help them in their life, to inspire them. And that combined led to loyalty. Right. Right. Um, and so a lot of my clients, cause I look at analytics at the end of the day, you can be the greatest writer in the world, but if you're not keeping people engaged and you're not resulting in revenue, then it's a hard case to justify. So I know that I still have to produce results. And so I do check in with my clients and I'm like, look, on ConvertKit, you you have an engagement score of one to five. Five is the highest you can get. 
my clients on ConvertKit are at like 4.7. Come on now. Because we are, we're checking in on people, we're asking for feedback, and then we're selling. We're giving them valuable tips on how to get business loans, and then we're selling. We're telling them what you did over the weekend and giving them pictures with your family so they can connect to that too. And then we'll give them another valuable tip, and then we're selling. So I do want to be clear, like, my niche is story-based email marketing, which means I always lead with a story and then I have a call to action. And the call to action will never always be a sale. I just don't like to sell 100% of the time and I don't think that's natural. Right. And the other thing to keep in mind is like millennials aren't having it. They're being very choosy about how they spend their money and they want to spend their money with companies and people that they, that they feel share similar values. And so you can't just sell to a generation of people every single email. They will eventually unsubscribe. Right. So there's a delicate balance that you have to do to make sure that you're being fair in how you're presenting your offers, but also giving the value that they came to you for in the first place. Are you trying to leverage your personal credit to get business credit or business loans, but keep getting denied because your personal credit isn't where it needs to be? Takeoff Financial can help you restore your personal credit so that you can leverage it towards getting the funding that your business needs. So click the link above or below this video so that you can schedule a free consultation and see how we can simplify your finances and your life. Mrs. Carney, listen, you get me excited. You get you get me excited. You over here talking about doing millions upon millions. You over here jumping into strategy. We didn't even get into the meat and potatoes yet. I'll, I'll, I'll jump through this camera right now. We'll start an email campaign right now. I'm trying to tell you. I'm, I'm just saying. It, I mean, but it adds up, right? Like one campaign over the weekend, you make 100K or sometimes over a week. I'm not promising these results to everyone. Right. But I do feel like it depends on the price point of your product. It depends on how you've treated your community whether or not you can get these sales, but it's possible because you can do it with a $31 product and you can do it with a 25K product. I've seen it happen. There you go. So now, listen, let's say I'm an audience member. I'm listening to this this episode. I'm watching this episode. I'm convinced. All right, I, I got to go ahead and figure this email thing out because you over here talking about hundreds of thousands and upon millions of dollars. I got to get my stuff together, right? Let's break the game down for them step-by-step, step, piece by piece so that they can walk away from this thing and have all the understanding they need to start building out an email marketing strategy, right? Starting off with the email list, right? Every Everybody needs an email list. Can't have no emails if you ain't got a list to send it out to, right? If I'm watching this episode right now, I have no email list whatsoever. Literally, literally nobody, nothing, nobody on my list. What are some great ways that I can go about starting to build that email list out, getting 10, 20, 30, 40, 50 individuals to go ahead and give me their information so I can start marketing to them? That's a great question. And the first thing is awareness. Who knows who you are and what you're doing? And I'm going to tell you now, do not, I'm going to say this, do not go and subscribe your mama, cousins, and friends to your email list if they are not your target audience. And don't do it without their permission either. There Let me go. be clear. We are out here to collect emails legally, mm -hmm. and you just don't want to get into trouble because there are real fines that come with improperly using people's email addresses. So we're not trying to get out of business or lose our business before we even start. So you can, I'm not saying don't have friends and family on your list, but ask their permission first and preferably make sure they're the target audience you're trying to reach. So when you do have a product that makes sense for them, they'll buy it. And not just because they're related to you, but because that's something they actually need. Right. But besides the friends and family who you're going to dump on the you know list after you get their permission, you can definitely start to use social media platforms like Instagram, 
where you provide them a freebie. I love freebies because what you really need to do is think through what is the lowest offer that I can give someone that they would want to give me their email address, knowing that an email address is valuable because I don't like to get everyone's emails and I know you don't either. And you want people to give it to you, but you do want to also give them something they need. So some examples of freebies that I've seen and I've used are checklists. You know, like if you're in the travel industry, you can give someone a checklist on how to pack for your next vacation. I don't know about you, but I actually gave my email address for something like that because I travel several times a year and I was finding it every time I went somewhere, I was forgetting something. So I subscribed to the checklist and now I have a system. Every time I pack a bag, I follow the checklist. Years now, it's been years since I gave my email address for that, but it still adds value to my life. So what can you give away for free that's in your lane of expertise that someone else is going to willingly give their email address for it, right? So don't make it hard. Don't make me think about, man, do I really want this? You want it to be very simple. Like, oh man, I need a checklist to travel. Or, you know, what are the top 10 things that I can do for my tax strategy to save me $20,000? Give me an ebook. That's exactly what Carter did, right? It doesn't matter if it's free, literally, or a low price, preferably a low ticket offer if you're going to charge, but make it something people actually want, right? And the way you figure that out is you, one, identify who is your target audience, who is your company, service, or product for, and two, where do I find them? So are they on LinkedIn, Instagram, TikTok, Facebook? Three, then you're going to say, what are their pain points? What can I create that would solve one of their problems? And it could be a checklist, an ebook, maybe even some exclusive private videos on your YouTube channel. Come on now. That are unlisted and people want access. You know, I, I can't believe how many people are like, I want access. When you say exclusive or can't be found anywhere else, limited access, people are like, I want that. Even if they're like, probably never going to watch it. It's so funny the things people give their email address up for, but that's an idea. Um, and if you're a podcaster, you can also do private audio feed, right? Giving people valuable tips on how to prepare their finances for quitting their nine to five. I mean, that's something I'd give my email address up for if I'm trying to quit my nine to five and you've successfully done it and that's what you teach, right? So just figure it out, get creative. Um, people love when your freebie is out of the box or unique. Um, but that's the first place to do it is low, lowest value, but value mm -hmm. that somebody's going to want to give me their very coveted email address for. There you go. If you don't mind, I'd love to piggyback off of that to just give, give an additional gem. So if you, at the time of the recording of this video, just to piggyback off of what Aquania said, if you go to my Instagram right now, what I'm doing is I'm actually in a, a a place in my business where I'm marketing more to uh, business credit, b individuals that are interested in business credit. So one thing that I do, right, and this is a great easy way for a lot of people to do things is I know that my target audience is interested in business credit. Okay, well, if you're interested in business credit, you're looking for different ways to get access to capital, to invest in whatever it may be. So one thing I do is I create a short form video and I'll make the video about something like to hear the top three credit cards that give you 0% interest over the course of 15 months. I give you information on those three cards and at the end of the video, I have a call to action. Hey, if you receive value from this, this video or about the information I broke down, comment the word X, Y, and Z, and I'll DM you a copy of my free business credit ebook. 
So now I just taught you something and I'm giving you added value for free. Why wouldn't you give me your email if I'm going to give you more information about this thing that you're already interested in, right? So to piggyback off, off of Aquania's uh, point, it all starts though with understanding who it is that you're marketing to. Don't go put your, your cousin in them. Don't go put aunties and sisters in them. You have to know who you're marketing to to make sure that you're providing something that your target audience, whatever you're creating is what your target audience actually wants. So I appreciate you for that. Thank you. Mm-hmm. To piggyback I off- I need to get that video. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Go, 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 ahead, go ahead and check it out. You know, I was like, hmm, I, I like that. They, I, think, I need that. So, 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 that, so there you go. But it's all about giving to get, right? People aren't just going to mm-hmm. give you your e- their, their email willy-nilly. You have to give them something that establishes you as a, somewhat of an authority figure or provides them some type of value to where now they're incentivized to go ahead and give you that information, Right. Mm-hmm. For off that same point, what are your thoughts on individuals who buy email lists? Are you pro pro that or again? I seen you take a deep sigh. I already know the answer. <laughs> go 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 ahead. Talk a little bit about that. So listen, I started out as a life insurance producer. I still am. Mm-hmm. I've never ever ever have paid for leads for life insurance. I do not think you should pay for leads on your email address. It's it's just not the best move because you don't know where those emails came from. You can't trust that they were legally acquired. Those may not even be people who really want to rock with you. They're just people who might have expressed interest in something similar to your industry. And now you've bought this list of emails that you don't know if they're real, spam bots, old, dead people. You know, I just, I don't like it. I don't think that's necessary. Mm -hmm. I think in business, we got to do some work. Yes, putting yourself out there, creating a freebie is work. But when people give you their email address in exchange for it, get to know you from the value you're giving them and then buy your first product, the work pays for itself. Mm-hmm. So let's put our money there. OK, don't put our money in buying email addresses. Let's put our money in building that list organically or through ads. I mean, you can run ads to your freebie. You can run ads to your website and you can have pop-ups on your website that will encourage people to subscribe before they leave the page. There's so many ways to capture an email before you actually start paying for emails. There you go. All right. So now let, let, let's dive a little bit deeper, right? You broke down the game on just different ways that individuals can start building out their email list, right? I took the game that Aquania gave me. Now I have an email list of 100 people, 500 people, 1,000 people, right? The work is just getting started. We, we haven't even started, right? We, 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 we just laying down the foundation for the work that needs to get done. Now let's talk about the marketing strategy itself, which is the emails, right? Mm-hmm. Let's talk about copy because copy, okay. is, copy is such a such a... It's it's literally the email itself and it what it's what makes or breaks our ability to nurture these leads and get them to ultimately buy whatever it is that we're selling. Right. Mm-hmm. What exactly for individuals that are watching, you know, what exactly is copy for those who don't know? and Why is it so important to the creation of our email sequence? So copy is the words on the page. That's the simplest way to think about it. What are you saying? Why are you saying it? And why should I care? Those are the things you need to ask yourself before you decide to send an email. Because no matter what you're doing in the email, whether you're selling, telling them what you did over the weekend, or checking up on them to see how they're doing, every email needs to have a purpose and every email needs to have a call to action. Even if the call to action is reply and let me know what you think, right? Right. 
you want to them to take action and you want them to feel like you're not wasting their time. Mm. So don't just send emails because you promised an email every Monday. Send a value-driven email every Monday, right? And have a call to action that encourages someone to do something else so that you know that they're not just reading it or opening it, but they're engaging with it too. Because all of that matters when we talk about stats. We, I'll give you a breakdown of what stats matter. But essentially, I think copy is the words and putting them on a the page. If you're not a wordsmith, if you're not a good writer, it doesn't mean you can't become one. I think you can become a better writer through practice and you just need to keep writing. I think there are also tools that will help. If you're a fan of Grammarly, which I love, then you should install that. They have a free version, but use that to help you get started. AI is helping people become better at everything. And the reality is people are afraid that AI is going to replace people, but no, people who know how to use AI are going to replace people. Facts. And you need to learn how to use AI. So if you're not a good writer, use AI to help you write. But please, I'm begging you, don't take the chat GPT email and just slap it in an a email and send it. Add your finesse, add your language, add your tone, add your personal touch. Don't talk to me like I'm a robot. Don't make me feel like a robot wrote the email. Give me a little bit of you. And there are some softwares out there that you can actually train to talk like you. I still like my personal touch for all my clients, but I do use AI to help brainstorm, to give me inspo. Um, but then you can also read other people's emails because chances are the emails you like to read, if your audience is similar to you, is going to want to read those emails too. So then you can start to build your emails based on that if you're like clueless on where to start. So that's what I that's how I started. I said, what made what subject line made me open it? What email did I read to the end? Those are the things I jot down and I consider testing out on my own audience. Beautiful. So now let's dive a little bit deeper into that, right? Because something you said mm -hmm. earlier in the episode was that you personally aren't the biggest fan of every email being bye, 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 right? Yeah. You want some emails to nurture the leads and then others. All right. Now we can go ahead and ask them, you know, to go ahead and buy. What is your personal strategy when you're going in and creating the copy um, as it pertains to maybe emails that are more sales driven versus emails that are more nurture driven? that people who are watching this episode can now take and implement into their own uh, email creation strategy? So I think we should start just a step back into if you're building that new list, you have your freebies. So that's step one. Step two is once they give you that email, don't just leave them hanging. Don't never email them again, which people do. That's right. why I have to say it. Step two should be nurture them through a five to seven email email sequence that tells them a little bit more about you. If you're really like on the slow writing scale and you really don't like to write and you can't afford to outsource, then do three emails, but don't leave them hanging. Mm -hmm. So once they subscribe, send out three emails either every day back to back or every other day where you're telling them a little bit more about why they even should hang out with you. Who are you? What is your level of expertise? You know, go deeper than whatever grabbed their attention to give up the email address. And then in the third or last email, depending on what offers you have, that's when you can sell. Because once somebody's like, oh my God, she's married, she has kids, so do I. Oh my God, she used to be homeless, so was I. Oh my God, how did she build a six-figure business quietly? I want to do that too. Once you tell that story, 
then somebody's more inclined to buy your higher priced product. Say your ebook was seven bucks, but now you have a $47 product or a $127 product, whatever the price point is, don't sell it in email number one. Let them get to know you first. So it's kind of like dating, right? Mm-hmm. And on a first date, you would never pull out your wallet and be like, I like to pay you, right? right. For everything you have to offer. Nobody does that. So you don't ask on the first email and nobody pays a large sum of money on the first email, nor did they do on the first date. Mm-hmm. You get to know each other first. You dance a little bit. You tell your story. They become intrigued by your story. You even in your welcome sequence should tease them. Hey, in tomorrow's email, I'm going to share how I quit my nine to five, you know, quietly. Oh, I want to read that. Let me tune in tomorrow when her email comes in. You need to really spark that engagement in the beginning. So one, Google, the most used email service provider, realizes that, hey, Aquania is a real person and my email guy loves her emails. And so let's put her in the inbox instead of spam Mm -hmm. because they open her emails all the time. And that actually helps you help other people because the more people open your emails that rock with you, then the new subscribers will get your emails in their inbox instead of spam too. Come on now. So let's let's talk about that. So once you do that nurturing, then it's okay to put out the offers because at the end of the day, you are still a business and they know you're a business. That's why they signed up to work with the expert or to learn from the expert. Right. Um, But as far as the balance and when I open that email, what is the intention? So one, like I said, why are you writing the email? Once you've established the purpose for the email, that's how I tend to structure it. So if it is a, hey, I want to nurture every Monday, Wednesday, Friday, Monday, I'm telling you what I did over the weekend, Wednesday, I'm giving you midweek motivation, Friday, I'm giving you financial tips, just giving you some ideas. Come on now. Then Tuesday, I'm going to sell you my quick ebook on email marketing secrets. And Thursday, I might sell you at a flash sale, my best selling product that I actually lock in the vault every quarter. Come on now. People don't know that you actually have this on a website sitting there every single day. You're just highlighting it for them. You're like, hey, I haven't mentioned this in a while and I decided to pull it out and here's a flash sale. People will jump on it when there's an urgency. So When you're selling something, you have to create a sense of urgency. You have to give people a reason to buy it now and not till next week. Because if you let anyone click out of the email without buying, they're probably going to forget to come back to that email to actually buy it. So selling emails, create urgency, provide value, and then make your product the solution to the problem that you have conveniently brought to your reader's attention. Maybe they didn't realize how painful it was to pack for a vacation without a checklist, but now that they know they want to buy your checklist, buy your luggage and book their flight with you because they've in desperate need of a vacation. Literally, you have given them little steps to lead them to the solution, which is it's time for my next vacation. Let me call Aquania to book. I don't do travel, but I'm just saying. That's an example. <laughs> there you go. Aquania Escarnet. Listen, I'm telling you right now, I stop this podcast and I get an email marketing myself. You get me excited. You get me excited. <laughs> you are over here dropping well. gems, dropping gems. This is this is something no, but once again, like I said, super important that we break this down because you know, when we talk marketing, all we hear about is social media and people don't know there is a a crazy bag that you're you can be making in your business just by utilizing a free resource that's as simple as emails, right? So it's extremely yeah. important that we break this thing down. But now, right. I love how you so eloquently broke down the strategy of 
how to structure copy, right? And in terms of that nurturing sequence, when we first get that email, having that welcome sequence of just introducing individuals to who we are and what we're about and our story and things like that. And then segueing that into, you know, ultimately asking for the sale, for the buy. But Mm -hmm. another part of emails, which is just as, if not even more important than the copy is getting people to open emails in the first place, right? Because it don't matter what we put in the email, they ain't never going to know if they don't open the email, right? So let's, let's, let's break that down. How do we get these individuals that have given us their email, email addresses to open the emails that uh, we're sending out to them? Because they're getting hundreds upon hundreds of emails a day. We're essentially competing with, you know, an email list that they signed up with on Best Buy and another one that they got with Nike. How do we get people to open our emails? Number one, time and subject lines. So the time is specifically that first email. If you get someone's email address, you need to make that confirmation email that they're on the list go out immediately. And most people are like, what confirmation email? I have no idea what you're talking about. So here's some game. If you want Google to put more of your emails in an inbox instead of spam, then you want people to double opt in. What that means is they're gonna give you their email address on your website, on Instagram or wherever they gave it to you initially. Then you're gonna send them an email right away that says, please verify, you know all those emails, please verify your email address. We just wanna make sure it's you. Now I'm doing that to make sure you gave me the right email address. Cause sometimes we're so excited, we might type wrong or we get it a little off and it's wrong. But we're also doing that to tell Google hey, they just gave me this email, but then they opened it too and they opened it immediately and they verified by clicking their email address. Now Google is like, nobody does something stupid twice, Mm -hmm. right? So they clearly did this on purpose. Then you can do the other stuff the next day or two days later or however you want to do your sequence of engagement. But that's the key. So taking immediate action to engage with them as soon as they give you their valuable email address. The second thing is catchy subject lines. The days of, hi, open this, five, whatever, whatever, it is not as engaging. Or it says, you know, there are different ways to make an email interesting, but funny, catchy subject lines that also inform someone of what's inside is going to help them open it. So don't be vague. Being creative, it's sometimes catchy, so be careful. But if it can be funny, be funny. Um, if that's your tone for your business, but if it can be informative, be informative. Like if it's a sale, say flash sale on my best-selling product. That way, they're like clearly it's a sale email, so I'm gonna prepare mentally for the potential to buy, right. and this is what's included. If it's an informative email, five tax tips to start off your day, then put that as a subject so they know hey, these are five tax tips. I might need these. And oh, by the way, it's April and taxes are due next week. Reminder, maybe I should contact my CPA to do my taxes. So sometimes being specific matters, sometimes also being brief. So I would say 40 characters or less because most of us check emails on our phone. Right. So the days of the long sentence subject line are gone. Nobody's really on a computer going through emails. They're on their phone. So you want to make sure your subject line fits on their phone. And you don't want them to have to click to continue. So make it short, make it sweet, make it direct. Numbers help. People like threes, fives, and sevens or 10. But numbers help because then they're like, oh, five things I need to know. Let me open that. Um, so numbers help. 
Also, try to write subject lines like a sentence. Mm. Don't write in all caps like you're yelling at people. Google thinks those are spam, okay? Try to avoid spammy words. Um, unfortunately, in the financial space, credit sometimes gets flagged and you know, financial freedom gets flagged. So what are some more creative ways to say financial freedom? In Carter's case, tax-free living. It's still financial freedom. If you can live your free life and travel and do all these things, you are potentially financially free, but you're not saying in the subject line financially, there's your key to financial freedom. Right. Here's your key to a tax-free living. Tax-free living is not flagged. So sometimes you need to use that the source and say, what's another way to say this that's not spammy or not um, going to send off the red flags and send my email to spam. So those are some quick tips, short numbers, catchy, interesting, and tell me what's inside. There you go. I love it. Now I know that first of all, you dropping gems upon gems. <laughs> let's, 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 let's get out the, get out the way to dive deeper into you know, once again, getting people to open up these emails, I know that the actual actual metric, right? Because we're entrepreneurs. Numbers are everything. The numbers, the numbers don't lie. They're going to tell us everything that we need to know to not only figure out um, how to create an email strategy, but how to improve it, right? The areas of improvement that we need to focus on. I believe that when it comes to, you know, getting individuals to open up the email, the name of the metric we should be paying attention to, I think, is open rate, if I'm correct on that. Ding, ding, ding. Good job. You understand? I, I told you, I might just stop this podcast and get into this space myself. You understand? Now, when it comes to open rate, right, we, we understand different strategies that we can use to get people to open. Is there a target number that we should be aiming for, you know, for creating these email sequences to where we know, okay, if our open rate is this much, we know that we're doing a good job of, uh, of getting people to open up our emails. So you always want to strive for as high as possible, but never set yourself up to expect 100% unless right. you are literally only emailing your mama. So <laughs> <laughs> what you should do is strive for 25% or higher on your open rates. That's a healthy open rate um, for most lists. But if you can get higher than that, most of my clients are between 35 to 55%. That is a good place to be because that means that one 55% of the list is even opening it. And then a larger percentage is probably clicking through as well. Um, but you can do different things to play with that number to reactivate what we would call cold subscribers. So one, shoot for 25% or more. If your open rate is not 25% or more, it could mean a couple of things. It could mean you are not targeting your target audience. And these are people who are not interested in your content. So they're opening it and they're probably clicking unsubscribe right after. Um, secondly, it could mean whatever you're talking about in the email doesn't resonate with them, nor is it what they want to buy. So the third is it could mean they're opening, um, but not by the recipient. So here's a little thing that people don't know. We're all using technology nowadays to make work more efficient. But most companies, when they're trying to protect their firewall, their systems, and their um, softwares, they might be checking emails before the recipient does. And when they go, when you go through their little check system, that isn't open. It's not actually Aquania opening your email. It is their filter or virus software opening the email, right? Scanning it to make sure it's okay. And then they're sending it to final recipient for them to actually open the email. But you will never actually get that evidence of open because it's already been opened mm. in, in Google's mind or in your 
ConvertKit's mind. So I will say open rates are important, but don't live or die by them because there are some rates that AI is impacting. And it's specifically with companies who are filtering emails for their employees. It could also be, keep in mind, when you do preview an email on your phone, that is an open. <laughs> That's an open from stats purposes. Even if you literally got the notification, looked at it, clicked it, and didn't fully read the email, maybe you closed it back and marked it unread immediately, it's still an open. So sometimes previews on your phone are marked as open as well. Got you. That's a gem for me. I honestly didn't even know that. That's crazy. Wow. Okay. Let's take it a step further, right? We took all the game that you've given us up until this point, right? We, mm -hmm. we, we understand how to structure these subject lines, how to structure a copy, how to get people to sign up for our email list. You know, we understand different metrics that we should be looking for. Let's say fast forward a month, two months later, um, we've been running this sequence for some time now. I'm curious to know, because I know for myself, I started experimenting with paid ads recently. Um, and, uh, there was a phrase that I heard called creative fatigue, where it's like if at, at a certain point in time, you know, you should experiment with switching things up because, you know, eventually the audience might get tired of seeing some of the same old, same old emails coming in. Is, is that prevalent when it comes to email marketing? And if so, how do we overcome that? Absolutely. People get tired of seeing things all the time in general. I know people who get tired of reading audiobooks and then switch the paper books and go back and forth. So I switch it up in my email marketing as well. Sometimes I change the subject line. Sometimes I change the two line. So what I mean by two is, let's say, here's another gym most people don't use. Let's do it. Let's say your email that sends emails out is info, info at the purpose of money, right? Well, who's info? Do I really want to read the email from Info or do I want to read the email from Aquania? Mm -hmm. So on my emails, Aquania sent it to you. You'll be like, what? She's contact she contacted me? Like, I love her. Let me open her email. But if Info's contacting you, you're like, who is Info? I'll read that later. You see what I'm saying? So you can do that. Um, one time I wrote an email where this, the sender was Stripe. <laughs> That's People crazy. were like, Stripe just... And the subject line was like, you know, $2,000 just been depositing your account. Now, granted, the content of the email was talking about if you had a side hustle and you were making money in your sleep, Stripe would be emailing you notifications every single day, right? Right. But you didn't enroll in my program for how to create a side hustle, so you're not getting these emails from Stripe. Now, I will say that was a very shock, shocking email. It had over 50% open rate. Some people thought it was funny. Some people were like, man, mm -hmm. I thought I really had that money coming to my account. And I was like, well, man, you should have signed up for the course. So I think like one thing people need to know is in email marketing, you should always be experimenting. You should always have fun and then see how things work out. If people don't like what you do, you can always change it. It's right. not like you're married to one strategy, one template, one email copy format, you know, one link that my emails have to be. I've never had like a strict, it has to be 250 words. Why? Right. Sometimes it takes more than that to explain an offer. Sometimes it takes 20 words to explain an offer. I've been emailing you all weekend about my product. If you want it, yay or nay. Bye. Like, <laughs> you know, so I think we have to just kind of play around with it, but 
have fun. Signing up with Takeoff Financial was really the best choice for me. It allowed me to take control of my life. I know that some people may think that that's really dramatic, but it's not. I feel like credit is really important and signing up with them allowed me to understand that. I just wanna say thank you because I think that you guys have definitely allowed me to feel comfortable. You allowed me to feel liberated. You allowed me to feel that it's okay. It's okay not to have great credit, but it's not okay to stay in that situation. So thank you guys for embracing me and allowing me to have a new life. Head over to our website at takeofffinancial.com and let's get your credit score to the moon. Now, I want to, on the flip side, right, because we've been, you know, essentially providing a lot of value for people that are starting from ground zero when it comes to email marketing. But on the flip, there are some uh, entrepreneurs who are watching this episode, listening to this episode, who have some skin in the game when it comes to email marketing, but they never really prioritize it, right? They're like, I'm going to just focus on TikTok. I'm going to just focus on Instagram. I'm going to just focus on YouTube. And they got an email list of 500, 700, 1,000 plus people, cobwebs. You understand? Ain't spoken to them in near, I don't even know how long, right? Is there a way, if I'm an entrepreneur who's listening to this, I'm like, yeah, that's me. I don't I don't even pay attention to the people that give me their emails um, who are listening to the value that we're providing. And they're like, okay, maybe I should circle back and really start nurturing these individuals. But essentially, I'm, I'm dealing with a dead email list now, right? I have all these people that's been sitting on there for months. I, I haven't spoken to them in forever. Is there a way for us to, I guess you, you would say, re revitalize or revive that mm -hmm. email list? Is there a way for us Absolutely. to do that? Absolutely. Yeah. And the the frank and honest way to do it is to tell them. I have literally told people vulnerability will lead to sales. You just need to do it. So if you have genuinely left somebody hanging, send them an email, send everyone that's been, you know, getting cobwebs for a while and say, my bad. I hope you don't think I forgot about you. Listen, I've been trying to build this business from the ground up. I'm a solo entrepreneur without a team. Here's the struggles. Jot, 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 jot. But you gave me your email address a while ago, and I appreciate you rocking with me. If you still want valuable content, which I'm promising to give you now that I'm focusing on you, push this button to resubscribe or push this button to unsubscribe so you get off the list. You can do shock emails like that all the time. You can be honest with people. I have done that for my clients. People who have not opened up the last 20 emails will open up the shock email and not unsubscribe. Which means they're like, I still want to rock with you right. and I'm, or I'm lazy mm -hmm. <laughs> and I won't even unsubscribe myself because I still want your stuff. But the minute they open that email and they take the action I ask them or don't take the action, they are now an active lead again. And so Google starts to send them the emails again so they can receive them. So there's different things to do. But shock emails help. Vulnerability helps. Being honest or just being straight up like, look, you haven't. I, I actually got a good idea today where someone was like, hey, I noticed you haven't been opening some of my emails in a while, but you originally thought that we would be cool, right? And we were going to share valuable content with one another. I want to add, continue to add value to you. So here's another freebie, you know, use it if you like. It got people to open. Right. It got people to re-engage. So you can do the shocking ones, like, are we breaking up? Those are some other subjects I've used before. Like, are we breaking up? Or I thought we were cool. What happened? Is everything okay? Those are just a couple of subject lines that you can use for the email where you're going to revitalize cold subscribers. Got you. And what would you say, because this was something I probably should ask more towards the, towards the top of the episode, best platforms, best platform, because I think you mentioned one, mentioned ConvertKit, which I think I'm familiar mm -hmm. with. What are, some, what are some of the best platforms that people could look into? 
So my favorite ones, and this is my personal opinion, I haven't actually rated them side by side, is ConvertKit, MailerLite. And then after that, I like to use ActiveCampaign, Clavio, um, but I've heard great things about Flowdesk, but I've never used it. I'm waiting on the client who uses Flowdesk, so I can use it. Um, I've heard great things about them. It's, it's so many out there. I think you just need to do your research. If you are just starting out, ConvertKit offers free email marketing platforms up mm. to the first 1,000 subscribers. So go there and spend no money. But just know that once you do get 1,000, they do cost money to keep. ConvertKit's not the cheapest in the game. Marilyn Light's really good as well. I think they will be free for your first 500 subscribers. But just keep in mind that when you have the free accounts, some of the automations will not be available to you. And the automations, which we didn't talk about, is the part where stuff happens without you thinking about it. So that email sequence that you create to nurture someone five to seven emails after they give you an email list, you may or may not have access to that type of automation when you first sign up or you may have access to limited automation. So understand that they're gonna let you in the door, but to do the fun stuff, they're gonna make you pay for it. But that's a great place to start when you're like building a list from scratch. When you start to get into the 60,000, 70,000, 100,000, 200,000 list, definitely leverage talking to the platforms to see what value they're gonna give to you because that's a lot of business for them. Right. Find the one that will meet your needs. Um, I've seen a lot of larger lists on active campaign because they can handle the six figure email subscribers. There you go. Listen, Mr. Scarne, I'm letting yes. everybody who's watching this episode know right now, this may be the last episode of the pod. I'm strongly considering getting into the space myself, <laughs> ladies and gentlemen, I might have to shut this thing down so I could, I could, I could dive into this email marketing stuff. But if, you know, if I don't miss Mrs. Scarne, you've come on here and you've absolutely blazed this episode. And I appreciate your time the gems and the value. I know we got to get you out of here, but before we do, number one, let the people know where they can find you. And number two, if you have, share just some words of encouragement and just some closing words for any entrepreneurs that are watching this episode right now that love everything you said, love what you're about and want to learn more about you. All right. So my website is thepurposeofmoney.com and you can follow me on Instagram at thepurposeofmoney. I do mostly talk about financial literacy, investing in real estate and life insurance, but you will see some email marketing content very soon Come on now. because I'm also launching a community to help people in email marketing space. So if you're interested, check out thepurposeofmoney.com or pomwebinars.com and come to one of my free webinars about email marketing. But inspiration, I would say, you know, keep grinding, keep doing what you love because your passion can turn into your purpose and that can fulfill all your needs. And that's exactly what I'm doing. I'm living my life on purpose. I am building a legacy with purpose and I am doing it through entrepreneurship. So I know you can too. There you go. Can't close it any better. Ladies and gentlemen, well, Aquania, thank you so much for your time. And for everybody who's watching this episode right now, thank you. And if you haven't already, what are you doing? Listen, take a second, take a minute, take an hour out of your day right here, right now. Just go ahead, slap the like button, subscribe to the channel, and to just show the show some love if you haven't already. And make sure you tap into any and all things that Aquania is doing, because I promise you, it'll take you from here to here and beyond. All righty? As always, I'm Marvin Francois. That is Aquania Escarne. Y'all have been good. We've been great. This has been amazing. Thank you and God bless. Peace.